Hi, my name is Yemi, and I'm here with my co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding everyday life, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, what are we diving into today? Well, today, Yemi, we are looking to unlock wisdom through the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, it it complies numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth, and it concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. Today, we will unlock the wisdom of the grind of intolerance. We will be taking this grind of intolerance from the book of Proverbs 19, 11, 24, verses 11 to 12, Proverbs 28, verse 21, and Proverbs 29, verse 7, and finally, Proverbs 30, verses 11 to 14. And I will begin. A man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. Proverbs 24, 11 to 12. Deliver those who are being taken away to death and those who are staggering to slaughter or hold them back. If you say, see, we did not know this. Does he not consider it who weighs the hearts? And does he not know it who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his work? Proverbs 28, 21. To show partiality is not good because for a piece of bread, a man will transgress. Proverbs 29, 7. The righteous is concerned for the rights of the poor. The wicked does not understand such concerns. Proverbs 30, verses 11 to 14. There is a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. There is a kind, oh, how lofty, are his eyes and his eyelids are raised in arrogance. There's a kind of man whose teeth are like swords and his jaw like knives to devour the afflicted from the earth and the needy from among men. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Um, Yemi, it's interesting because when I was reading this section of Proverbs, I kept thinking that the Bible teaches tolerance and not intolerance. And to have Solomon talk about the things that you are not supposed to do is, is something that we have to really um, be able to take in and, and realize that tolerance is just about being able to meet people where they are. It's being able to accept those who cannot reach I guess the, in the sense, their divine glory, not to put, not to look at others and put them down, not to put yourself in a position where you're so egotistical or almost like a narcissist, narcissist in a sense, because in, even in this place where it talks about, and his eyelids are raised in arrogance, there's a kind of man whose teeth are like swords. It's almost like when they mention the teeth are like swords, it's like him um, belittling others you know, looking down on them, saying things that can cut them down to size. So when we look at intolerance, we are looking at the fact that God does not want us to be intolerant. He wants us to accept those and 
we don't have the right to judge them. We don't have the right to crucify. All we do is look and be able to help others and help them along so that they can reach their own divine path. That's great. I think I think that's right. I think we, when we're talking about tolerance and intolerance, I think the biggest thing for us is to focus on grace because intolerance is just a lack of grace. <laughs> I think basically that's 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 what it looks like to me. I think we live in a world where there's so much intolerance that it becomes a cultural norm. We're in opposition to something every single day instead of accepting people how they are, who they are, where they are, and praying for them. Right? We want to encourage people. We want to love people and give them grace because people fail. People come short of, of the glory of God. I do. We all do. But how it looks like in this world is just catastrophe, right? Right. There's protest, there's violence, there's, there's anger. I mean, you can, you see intolerance with the trolls on the internet, right? (laughs) Shaming, there's fat shaming. It's like, you can't be anything. We know about the wars that are basically based off of, of, of intolerance right now. And we know that we live in a society where there's laws that speak to it because our culture is to be in opposition to someone else. That's that's the work of the devil. It's to put strife between us, to put some kind of level of difference that, or put uh, uh, some kind of importance on a difference that that makes us oppress one another or hate on one another. Tolerance looks like accepting others and letting them be who they are, Mm -hmm. refusing to dictate to others and allow the Lord to direct their lives. That's a really good one. It's also freeing others um, and never assume that we're in a position or uh, to, to give instructions and loving others requires us to express our liberty wisely. Right. Um, the thank you for, for mentioning that because basically intolerance is the antithesis antithesis of all that you have just described and unwillingness to overlook people's transgressions. And I think it doesn't allow you when you're intolerant, it doesn't allow you to meet people where they are. It doesn't allow you to overlook the things that people do wrong. It it puts you in a position where you feel like you are superior and others are inferior. It puts you in a position where, you know, you, you feel like you are strong and others are weak. Um, it doesn't allow people to have this wiggle room so that they, if they are fallen or have fallen, it, it doesn't allow them to be able to get back on a path of grace. And that's the reason why when it comes to intolerance, you know, the, the Bible teaches that we must learn to be accepting of others, love thy neighbor, um, help those who cannot help themselves, um, be in a position of, of power where you can guide those who need guidance, um, you know, making disciples, all of these things are a sign of being tolerant of others. It's, you know, rejoicing in the fact that those who go astray, that you're able to help them come back in the path of, of, of righteousness or a path of, of grace. So, it's really important for us to be accepting of others and because we can be in a position of 
authority now and tomorrow be begging at others' feet. And if you are intolerant, you, it's almost like you're biting the hands that, that that will feed you. So you just never know in life where God will put you. That's why you have to be tolerant of others. Yeah, and I think I think intolerance kind of uh, t- dictates that you're you're God, like you're the author, you're the um, you're the judge, you're the jury. It doesn't allow God because when we when we talked about revenge, we had to while we ex- well, of course we wanted to accept God would would have revenge on our behalf, would seek justice for our behalf. We also had to accept that God would give grace and mercy. And there's a lot of things that God gives grace grace and mercy for that we as humans don't. Uh, I know personally, I'm quick to cut people off. I'm just like, you know what? I don't want this in my space. I don't want this in my life. I'm not talking to you again. Right. Or I'm I'm really really going to distance myself from you. I'm not gonna ch- I'm not gonna call you. I'm not gonna hang out with you. It's gonna be very rare occasions because I want a certain level. To me, it's seeking peace, right? I want peace in my life, but I'm not I'm not promised peace. And I think always deciding that I want peace in my life means that I am robbing myself of challenges, challenges that will help me grow. And I think that's what being intolerant is. You're robbing yourself of a challenge to to help you grow. One, you're not being gracious and you're not being merciful, which are um, cornerstone characteristics of God that allows us the freedom to be um to get on the path of righteousness allows us the freedom of everlasting life the the reconciliation we know we do bad things all the time and god gives us grace and mercy and forgiveness so we deny that to others when we're intolerant and also we we kind of distance ourselves from people when we do that we're not given the opportunity to grow and learn learn from the other person or even have an open mind and open heart mm-hmm. i think people all make mistakes and besides mistakes, the fact that we live in a world, a multicultural world. And we, Philia, we live in New York, which is a very liberal place. And I think some people have difficulties accepting people who are different from them. And as Black women, (laughs) first of all, we're Black in America. We're African. We're descendants of African immigrants. Like we're like first generation. So there's a lot of intolerance that we have witnessed. So because we have witnessed intolerance, like people make fun of us, people excluded our parents Mm -hmm. in certain ways, right? That's why our parents were so hard on us because Mm -hmm. they missed opportunities because of who they were, right? People denied them opportunities. So there was this focus on us having to be better and work harder because now they can't deny you opportunities. Or at least if they denied you an opportunity, you, you had no excuse. Right. You knew that you did all you could do. Right. And and that doesn't put us in a great position because that means that we have to, we filled with anxiety. We have to work that much harder. We don't relax because there's so much pressure on us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it tells us that it puts us in a, in a position where we're pitted against people all the time, right? We're always othering people. These people won't allow you to do this. These people will block you. <laughs> Having this kind of cultural language denies us uh, uh, denies us, and denies people their humanity. We're not looking at people individually. We're looking at these certain things. We're looking at certain characteristics, whether it's skin color, whether it's gender, whether it's uh, sexuality, we're looking at all these different things and we're picking these apart and we're, we're, we're saying like, you are this, period. 
Right. Nothing else that it may be redeeming about you. And we, and you, like I said, we as, as black women, as uh, children of immigrants who live in this country don't want that, have to fight against that. So who are we to do that to other people? I always think about that. I'm just like, I can't be intolerant because I know what intolerance looks like. I know how harmful intolerance is to me personally, to my community. Um, and on a global scale, it's it's so detrimental. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so happy you mentioned how detrimental it is, um, Yemi, because the further I read on this, at first I was like, oh, definitely, you know, I have tolerance because I understand it. But I, I started to look into the wounds of intolerance, and that's when I realized how much I struggle with this. So I'm going to to, to mention what these rules are. The first thing is the healthy can be impatient with the sickly. The strong have trouble empathizing with the weak. The quick have little patience with the slow. The productive lack understanding for the drudge. The wealthy can scarcely imagine the pain of poverty. The quick minds know nothing of the embarrassment of being a slower learner. The coordinated shake their heads at the awkward. The pragmatic criticize the philosophical. The philosophical chide the pragmatists for their structure. The engineer has little appreciation for the artist and the stable, secure struggle um, to understand the fragile and fearful. And reading this made me realize, wow, as much as I think I'm tolerant, I realize that I struggle with this when I'm amongst people who are not quick learners or people who, you know, might be slow at pace because I can do things so quickly. Or if someone is not a quick learner, even down to my children, like sometimes I'm like, I don't understand why you don't know this. I'm a teacher. Like, you know, I'm an ELA teacher. Why do you still have these spelling or grammatical er errors in your papers? Or why do you short text? And, you know, it it makes, I, I realize, you know, that my kids say that, my expectations of them sometimes it's so difficult because I have to learn to accept that they're not me. And yes, they're part of my DNA, but they also have their own path. They also have their own journey. And as much as I expect that, oh, well, I'm a teacher or I was a teacher, so I expect my kids to do well. It's not always the path. It's not always the way. And that's showing that my expectations is making me to feel like I'm God, like that I'm the creator and it doesn't work that way. So it just humbled me more seeing that and made me realize that it's still, I'm still a work in progress and it's still something that I need to be wary about because I remember my parents did that to me and my sister. And it was like, if I got a 99, how come you didn't get a hundred? Or if I got a hundred, how come you didn't get 110? And it's like, nothing is ever good enough. Like, it's okay. And, you know, if, if I miss a question, okay, I will try better next time. Like it's never like good job, you know, continue trying so you can strive to be, to be at the best. It's like, why didn't you, or how come you didn't? And it always felt like I was never being, I guess, um, I call it not complimented, but rewarded for good. It was like being penalized for not doing as well. 
And and I think that is where this idea of the intolerance comes in for me. You know, I'm really glad that you read that list of what intolerance looks like on a very basic level because intolerance is such a big word. And I think most people will say, I'm not intolerant. I'm not intolerant, right? Like I, I just I just think things should be this way, but I'm not intolerant. But we can be intolerant on such a, a small level. Like me, I get frustrated when people walk slow. I'm like, walk faster. Don't you have some place to go? <laughs> and how does it show up? It shows up with me being aggregated, frustrated, sighing, you know, showing my disdain or like I make like grunting noises. I, I physically and verbally make my annoyance known to the slow walker. And that's just not even a nice thing to do, right? Like if I want to, if I want to embody kindness and everywhere I go, I need to let go of these things. More of that intolerance is about my impatience more than anything. And I think maybe that's some, an exercise we need to do. If we find ourselves being intolerant of something or just being in opposition to something, we need to ask ourselves, why? Why are we like this? What bothers us about it, about this? I always tell, you know, I always have this conversation with my father. What does that person doing that have to do with you? Why does it bother you so much? Why is this? How does it affect your life? It doesn't. So that is the question where I, I face in the world on a grander scale. But on these minor scales, I feel like I I have been intolerant and I have been frustrated with people. And it's not nice because I do express my frustrations. Right. So we need to move out of intolerance and move towards tolerance because mm-hmm. that's what God calls us to do. Right. He asks us to be, to give grace and mercy and, to, and forgiveness to one another and to show kindness to people because we can't. We can't dehumanize people, <laughs> minor things, or even something that is is maybe controversial to your religion or your moral. Like, doesn't mean you need to dehumanize someone. Right. Because we know when when people dehumanize, we know what the language sounds like, and we know what happens. Next thing we know, it's like catastrophic violence because there's no value for life. Right. It's it's great that you made that point, Yemi, because um, I think our inability to show the tolerance that God wants for us, it shows how much work needs to be done. And I think of, you know, there's like a hypocrisy when, you know, when we go back to that proverb where it talks about um, the arrogance and the hypocrisy of the, of the, of the person who who is the kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother, or there's a kind of man who is pure in his own eyes yet has not washed from his own filthiness. You know, it's showing that when we look in ourselves, sometimes it's hard for us to see the floor in ourselves sometimes because we're comparing our, I guess, inadequacies or the ones that we think we're not inadequate, we're comparing it to someone else. So when someone is walking too slowly, you're thinking that they're slower because you're quicker, but 
the fact that you're quick, you can probably miss a step. Is you can probably miss something. You understand? And sometimes that slow person might be more attention to detail than maybe you being so quick, you know, and not you as a person, but sometimes where they, they always say uh, one man's uh, 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 garbage is another man's treasure. It also makes me start to think that the tolerance is really important because if everybody was the same, then where would the variety be? Where would, you know, our fingers are not the same size. You know, that's where the beauty of it comes in, that we're all different. And at the same time, we all have a purpose. We all serve something. You know, God would not have made us all the same if that was the case. So it it also gives me the idea, and they gave an example of a free fish doesn't understand what a fish that's caught feels like. So it talks about empathy. And I think empathy is something we need to practice if we don't have it. You know, putting yourself in someone's shoe, walking in their shoes, having a little more understanding. I know that I struggle with the fact that every month I have to help my mom, you know, pay her rent through an app. And we've been doing this for years and every single month she apologizes first. And when she does that, I know exactly what she's getting ready to do. Okay. Okay. I know you've done this before. I don't know why I keep forgetting. You know, I used to be so smart and it makes me sad when she says that because it makes, I make her feel like she's not smart. Because again, like you said, I outwardly sigh. I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, are we doing this again for the 46th time? And I'm (laughs) saying numbers out loud. And it just made me feel so sad when I read this part because I'm like, I have become intolerant or I've shown my intolerance when my mom can't get something, when she's not as savvy and, you know, she's struggling with the app. And I'm like, you know, there are people your age who are internet savvy and (laughs) who can pay, who, who, who know how to do everything through their apps. And we're still doing this. You're still writing things down in your telephone book and da, da, da. And it's just like, so I'm constantly clean, cleaning up her phone and her homepage. And I'm like, I don't understand why you have four Google apps or no, four Google icons on the same page. That means you're pressing it down too long. Your fingers are holding it down. And she's like, okay, I don't. <laughs> she's like, I don't understand anything that you're saying. I'm like, forget it, mom. I'm just going to clean it up. I'm just going to clean it up. You know, but that's my intolerance. So it, it made me laugh, but it made me feel sad, but it also made me laugh because I'm like, wow, this is hypocrisy. Like I need to really practice and slow it down and appreciate and meet her and meet anybody else who I'm intolerant about, but meet them at a point where I have to give them that wiggle room because they're not me. I'm not them, but I have to be accepting and not being accepting would be unfair. (laughs) I hear that. I think that was a great story, a great illustration of of what intolerance looks like in, in our, in our, even in our daily lives. And, and we're so quick to be critical of, of others. And that's something we need to watch out for because we're called to be gracious. We're called to be to be kind. We're called to be righteous. We're called to be our brother's keepers, right? Right. And it says that the righteous is concerned for the rights of the poor and the wicked does not understand such concerns. This is Proverbs 29, 7. Take that a step further. When you're righteous, you're concerned about people. You're loving, you're kind, you're thoughtful. But when you're wicked, and I don't want to call anyone who 
ex, um, exhibits a bit of intolerance is wicked, but think that it says you do not understand. And that's what it is. We do not understand the other person's perspective. We do not understand where they're coming from. We do not understand their struggles. And sometimes we are so self-centered, we don't want to. So we're dismissive and we're angry and we're critical, but we need to, we need to stop that. I think I think it's wiser to be gracious, to be kind, to be patient. These are actually fruits of the um of the spirit. Right. When I read this chapter, it really, really in my mind, before I even saw it, I thought about Jesus telling all the people who wanted to stone the adulterous, adulterous woman, not even the person that she was adulterous with, just a woman. He said, he who has not sin cast the first stone and no one threw a stone. Everyone left. That right. meant when you were called into account, you are not perfect. Right. Be mindful that we are not perfect in any shape or form, but God is the one who perfects us through love, through grace, through mercy. And we as brothers and sisters and children in Christ, we should embody that. We should embody those kingdom-like qualities. So I implore you all, wherever your pain points are in tolerance, whether minor or big, think about grace and mercy first. Think about humanizing the other person. Think about what it's like to be in their shoes and try, try, please, to be a little bit more tolerant. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen to that. <laughs> so this is a great discussion. I think there's a lot more to be said about tolerance and intolerance, but we're going to save that for the live. So right now, we just want you to stay tuned for announcements and closing prayers. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the importance of becoming more tolerant through the lens of Proverbs. We hope you enjoy the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next week with another podcast in this season of Unlocking Wisdom Through the Book of Proverbs. We will also be hosting our Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube tonight, November 1st, new month at 8 p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel, Treading Faith. Treading Faith is also our Instagram handle, so follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with Treading Faith. Our podcast is also available on Apple, Spotify, Google, our web website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. You can subscribe and share with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Lastly, don't forget to add another note to your faith boxer jar. The Faith Box, what I'm calling God's Good Gifts, is a box or jar where you keep weekly accomplishments, reminders, testimonies, or any general good news. At the end of the year, you will review the contents to remind yourself and to have insight of God's presence in your life year-round. It's okay if you're not consistent weekly and it's not too late to start. Nothing is too big or too small to include. This is something personal just for you. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back void. We also believe our prayers are strengthened in numbers, so we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father God, 
Holy One of Holies. We give you glory and honor. We thank you for the lessons that you have bestowed on us. We thank you for a communion with community so that we can learn together like iron sharpens iron. We thank you for the ability to grow, to learn from our mistakes and become wiser and better. As we embark in this season of unlocking wisdom, let let the lessons not just fall on deaf ears, but let it penetrate our soul, our mind, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. Let us manifest in this life the wisdom that we have learned. Let us put it into action in a way that is visible to all those who see so the light of Christ can shine through us. Father, we learn that we should be more tolerant and turn turn our backs to intolerance because your command is that we love our neighbors. When in Matthew 22, 36 to 40, it says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend on all the law and the prophets. Father God, we thank you for the foundational truths. We thank you for imparting wisdom on us that we can put it in our soul. Allow the Holy Spirit to convict us that when we when we sin against you, when we when we rebuke your law by by acting intolerant, that the Holy Spirit will convict us and tell us which way to go, that we may have mercy and grace, that we may repent, that we may show forgiveness and love, that we, we may be more accepting as others, as you, God, have accepted and embraced us for all our flaws, all our differences, all our failures. Father, Matthew 7, 1, 2 says, judge not that you be not judged for with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Father God, we ask for forgiveness if we have act in judgment of others. Father, we know that this culture embraces shadiness and judgment. Father God, we rebuke those aspects of our lives. Oh, Father God, we want a character and a, and a spirit that embodies love and grace and mercy. Father God, when we when our mouths and our minds want to judge, let the Holy Spirit convict us to turn us around and to repent from our actions. Father God, we don't want the measure of our judgment to be, uh, to be measured for us. Father God, we know that we have been harsh and we ask for forgiveness and we ask that you help resolve help us resolve our spirit and our character so that we do not act and speak in judgment of others, that you change our minds and renew our minds, help us renew our minds daily so we can remember that we are not the judge. Romans 14, 1, 4 says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may not eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despite the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. Father God, we thank you for the lesson. We thank you even in the simple, simple lesson of eating meat and not eating meat. 
that we can learn, that we can be welcome, and that we should be welcomed. Oh, Father God, we know that we stand in judgment before you and not before others. Father God, let us not hold on to the harsh words and criticism of others because you are our ultimate judge. Father, we know that whatever they judge us with, they will be measured the same. But Father God, let us not be angered and turn to be, be to and retaliate with either being judgmental or say things in rebuke or anger or frustration. Let us resolve to have calm spirits that show love, grace, and kindness at all times, even when we are challenged. Matthew 7, 12 says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them for this is the law of the prophets. James 2, 8 says, if you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scriptures, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. Finally, Ephesians 4.2 says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Father God, let us act in humility and gentleness. Let us embody and show patience so that we may love our neighbors despite our differences. Father God, we know that not everyone is the same as us. They will not have the same views as us. They will not act the same way as, as us. But Father God, despite all these things, we can still show love. We can still pray for our neighbors. We can still wish for them to come into the knowledge of you, Jesus Christ. And you, you, Father God, will impart the Holy Spirit that will convict them and show them the way to go. It is not for us to make past judgments on others, but it's for us to encourage them to seek a relationship with you. Father God, let that be our priority. Let that be our motivation so that we stand in love, that we fill the gap for the, in, in those relationships where people only felt shame and judgment and abuse. Let them know you through the love, kindness, patience, and gentleness, humility that we show so they can know what kind of God we serve. We thank you for the lessons, oh Father God. We thank you for the turning around in character and mind and words and actions. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that will convict us daily. Your word says in Matthew 18, 19, if at least two of us agree on anything on earth that we ask, it will be done for our Father in heaven. So we come into agreement with this prayer when we say amen, 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 and amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We love you so much. We'll catch you on the next episode or on the live tonight. Bye.